rotten motherfucker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Most Ahamas Podcast. I'm your host, Damn It Damien. Well, all right, buddies. On this week's episode, we bring you a very special guest in Mr. Kyle Kinane. Now, Kyle's been making a uh, he's been making a pretty good name for himself in the punk rock and stand up comedy community. Uh, he does a uh, he does things differently. Um, he grew up in Chicago in the mid to late '90s and uh, grew up in their punk rock scene before turning to stand up comedy to fulfill those creative needs. And with that, he brought with him a lot of those punk rock and DIY ethos that are he's still using to this day, even though the guy the guy's doing very well for himself. Uh, just recently, he did a stand-up comedy special on stand, on Comedy Central called Whiskey Icarus, which is one of my favorite stand-up specials of, in the last few years. Not only that, um, he made a <laughs> his appearance on the second episode of Comedy Central's Drunk History um, was legendary. To say the least, um, he's the guy at the very ep- end of that episode where he's he's being held up by the show's producer Derek Waters, and Kyle's throwing up into a trash can, and then after that he sits da- back down and he goes, "Throwing up on drunk histories like crying on Barbara Walters." It's fantastic, friends. And then not only that, speaking of Comedy Central, he's the voice of Comedy Central. That's right. Whenever you're sitting down and, uh, you know, you're watching your favorite show on Comedy Central and this voice, this godlike voice comes on and says, stay tuned. Up next, Workaholics. That's Kyle Kinane. He's got that job. He's the guy that sits down and says, up next. How can I get that job, friends? Somebody somebody out there listening has got to know how I can get a job of that sort. Because come on, man. Listen to this beautiful voice I got here. I got a face for radio. <laughs> uh, so, man, all that going on. And Kyle Kinane is still, and he's taking these DIY punk rock ethos, and he's opening up, uh, he's doing stand-up opening up for punk rock shows. He's doing sets at the Fest in Gainesville, Florida. He's doing all kinds of shit, and he still finds time, finds time to talk to me while he's in Denver, Colorado, one of the greatest stand-up, you know, communities in the world, and here he is hanging out with my dumb ass. Um, now, we have friends, we're friends of friends of friends, and that's kind of how this all happened, and I'm going to talk about that here in a minute, but first off, I'd like to welcome this week's sponsor of the High Plains Comedy Festival here in Denver, Colorado. Now, this is going to be August 23rd through 24th, so a little bit over a month away. It's presented by Legal Pete's and the Grolix Dudes. Speaking of the Grolix, Kyle Kinane was on the Grolix pilot for Amazon.com, Those Who Can't, which was fantastic. Uh, while it did not get picked up by Amazon.com, Kyle kind of says at the end that maybe it will. So we'll, we'll hear that here in a little bit. But High Plains Comedy Festival is this week's special sponsor. We'd like to welcome those guys and thank them for coming aboard the show and sponsoring it. It's August 23rd through 24th. Now, it's all over Denver. It takes place at the Gothic Theater. Excuse me. Gothic Theater. Bug Theater. Three Kings Tavern, High Dive, and uh, probably Legal Feats, too. I mean, I'm sure there'll be something going on there, too. And uh, their main guest is Mr. Reggie Watts, who is fantastic. You've probably seen Reggie Watts if you have IFC and have watched Comedy Bang Bang. He's the uh, co-host. He's the Ed McMahon on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Wonderful guy. We've got Kurt Braunholer. you got Sean Patton. Hey, returning to Denver, Colorado. Kyle Kinane, who's this week's guest. Of course you already knew that. And then, of course, the Grolix dudes of Ben Roy, who's Andrew Orvidal, and Adam Caton Holland. Not only that, we got Nikki Glazer, you got Ian Douglas Terry, and you got so many more. High Plains Comedy Festival, 
August 23rd through 24th, Denver, Colorado. Go visit HighPlainsComedyFestival.com and pick up your tickets now. Thank you to the Grolix dudes for supporting and creating really great things in Denver. Thanks for getting up off your butts and making stuff happen instead of waiting for other people to do it. That's what you got to do today's day and age. And that's what we're doing right here with this Most Times podcast. So we'd like to really thank those dudes for uh, coming in, sponsoring this week's episode, and helping to make this week's episode happen. Um, now, I ramble way too much in these uh, these introductions for these episodes. Um, if you don't want to listen to me ramble about how I kind of got to uh, meet Kyle Kinane, Please get forward about five minutes, and uh, we're going to play some clips from Whiskey Icarus. But I feel like this is a story that has to be told. Uh, it doesn't have to be told, but I, it goes a big thank you goes to my old roommate, Mr. Jared Moore. Um, you see, in in August of 2001, I turned 20 years old, and then five days later, we packed everything we owned into a uh, 40-foot U-Haul trailer. I'd been hanging out and living with a band called Raised on a Reagan. Uh, the bass player, the guitar player, their parent, their mother lived in Colorado Springs, and uh, a couple of them. And it's a long, convoluted story. Um, we had an entire move to Colorado Springs paid for in the first two months, renting an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment. There were six of us living there. It's Chris Welch, Tommy Welch, Catherine Welch, Sarah, whose last name I've sadly forgotten because she's fallen off the face of the earth, Jared Moore, and myself. Uh, the band did pretty well. They stayed here for two years before moving to Los Angeles to make it big. Me and Jared lived together for uh, the first f- seven months together. Um, the first two months we spent on the living room floor of the main apartment that uh, Chris, Tommy, and their girlfriends lived in. And unfortunately, me and Jared went and got an apartment by ourselves. And pretty much I was the abusive spouse of our roommate marriage. Um, I, I'm kind of manic depressive. I'm not officially diagnosed, but I definitely battle depression very, 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 very badly. Um, I don't kind of don't talk to, about it too much on here, but yeah, it comes and goes and comes in waves. You got to imagine I'm 20 years old. I move a thousand miles away from home and a thousand miles away from everything I know. And I'm living with this guy and we're just pushing each other's buttons constantly. And like, I'm just miserable. I'm not happy. I'm not doing well. Um, so I'm taking it all out on my roommate and I'm like throwing shit. I'm breaking stuff, punching holes in walls. I was a miserable little shit of a 20 year old. Um, Jared was moving out of the apartment because we just could not get along. And, um, I remember wiping my, my ass once with his beanie that he wore all the time and, and then telling our, uh, our other moving buddy, Chris about it. And I think he wore it for a good week before Chris finally said, dude, Damien wiped his ass with that. <laughs> but still, that's why Jared is the creator of the Mostly Harmless theme. So now, me and Jared, we eventually make up. We're friends again. Um, he even asked me to be in his wedding a couple of years back, which shocked the hell out of me because I'm like, dude, I, I'll come to your wedding. Don't worry, I'll be there. But I don't want to be, you know, I don't have to be in, in it because I know, you know, we hated each other. He's like, dude, we grew up together. We became men together. Um, we went through some difficult and tough shit, and we came out better people through it. And I feel that way, and I'm very ha- happy that he feels this way too. But so Raised on a Reagan, they're this punk rock band that sounds like Bad Religion. They move out to Los Angeles to make it rich and famous, of course, because that's what you do in the early 2000s. Um, Warp Tour was still its zeitgeist. It's still huge. It's still doing wonders. So they move out to L.A. Uh, needless to say, uh, you know, Raised on a Reagan did not take off. Unfortunately, Tommy, the main songwriter and guitarist for Raised on a Reagan, passed away uh, a couple years after that. Um, shortly before that, um, Catherine Welch, Chris's wife, passed away. And so of those six people that left Shreveport that fateful August afternoon 12 years ago, there's only 
three of us left because Sarah fell off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened to her. Nobody knows what happened to her. And so, but these dudes are living in California. Um, they're living in L.A. and they're working at a closed captioning place where they, you know, they do uh, subtitles and closed captioning for TV shows so that deaf deaf people can re- watch the TV. Well, they meet Kyle Kinane because he works there with them. And we talked a little bit about that today. And they, they start hanging out. And they become friends. And over the years, uh, Chris and Jared were always like, listen to Kyle Kinane. Listen to Kyle Kinane. Listen to Kyle Kinane. You'll love him. He's coming back to Colorado soon. Go see him. Go see him. Go see him. Well, I never fucking listened to those guys because, well, I who fucking knows. And finally, uh, Chris is like, hey. Buddy Kyle's got a kick-ass Comedy Central special coming up called Whiskey Icarus. Check it out. You'll fucking love it. And goddamn right I did. I fell madly in love. Hook, line, sinker. I'm obsessed. I've listened to every single thing I can get my hands on. And uh, I, you can kind of tell a kindred spirit in Kyle. Um, he jokes a lot in interviews. I'd like, you know, I go to these shows and everybody looks like me. Chubby fat dudes with beards <laughs> and band t-shirts. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And we talk about that a bit in today's episode. Um... So that that's pretty much the story. Uh, when I emailed Kyle on Facebook, you know, I had to make my interview request stand out a bit. So I was like, hey, we have mutual friends and cheap girls who I've toured with, as well as the Raised on Reagan dudes, Jared, who I used to live with. And he's like, okay, yeah, man, for sure. Let's do it. So that's how this interview came to be. So this, this interview goes out. Thank you to Jared for just being Jared. And after all these years, me finally listening to you and checking out Kyle and making this happen. I'd like to dedicate this episode to my lost friends of... Tommy Welch and Catherine Welch and uh, my my dearly departed um, baby sister. Her birthday is going to be J- July 29th. Uh, I'd like to sh- send a little shout out to her too. Um, there was those people's deaths had a huge impact on me and what I'm doing. And since we already talked about them a little bit in this episode, I'd like to just sh- send a little shout out to them. Uh, those are the guys that kind of made me wake up and go, "Hey, stop waiting till tomorrow to do stuff." do it right now do it today because there might not be a tomorrow to do it friends so that's where uh today's episode comes about so i'm gonna quit rambling we're gonna go ahead and uh play a short little clip from uh whiskey icarus this is a funny little clip about uh kyle getting his very 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 first apartment by himself in la after years and years and years of roommates and what he does with that time uh, so uh let's give that a little listen before we get into this interview here friends uh thanks for tuning in thanks for ch- uh checking this out and uh let's listen to that I'm 35, I just got my own place. Took a while. (laughs) Some people my age are astronauts. (laughs) I don't know if I got my own place because it's like I'm 30, like that's what I, like it was the pressures of of like societal pressure. Like that's what you do, you're 35, you're a grown man, you live by yourself and you're an independent man, you live by yourself, you start drinking scotch instead of crappy beer, and you switch back to briefs. That's what you do, because you're a grown man, and that's what grown men do. Or if I got my own place, because I realize I'm about to get the type of weird that I can't even have people witness on accident anymore. (laughs) Things are about to get strange, and I'm gonna need some solitude for that. And I think it's much more that. It's, it's not so much like, I'm going to pay my bills on time and read more books. It's much more like, Twizzlers look like they fit in buttholes. <laughs> and I cannot have somebody walking into the laboratory when Dr. Kyle is conducting his experiments. <laughs> it's a corkscrew shape. Lick them and stick them, fellas. Find out about your bodies. It's 2012. It's not gay. It's about loving yourself. It's okay. <laughs> Loneliness is a subjective term. You know, it's, it's 
different for everybody. Man, you're cast away on an island. There's nobody around. That's lonely. You know, but it could also mean you lack the simple courage to be able to say hello to somebody sitting next to you on a bus. That's lonely, too. You know, for me, I can define loneliness. I can just hone it in as the very moment that I realized that I had forgotten I was masturbating <laughs> at a motel in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's it. That's the point. That's what I remember. Just, it's not even sexual anymore. It's just like an aggressive shooing away of a nuisance at this point. So, like, yeah, come, come on, get out of here. It's like I'm taking a broom to get raccoons off the porch. Like, come on, come on, just, yeah, come on, yeah. I understand now why a dog can hump something but still look right at you. Like, I understand that when you see a dog, it's like, what, this feels good and you're my buddy. What's, why? You're the one making it weird. What, why? All right, so I'm, uh, I'm hanging out at the, uh, the green room at Comedy Works with Kyle Kinane. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. Uh, you got a pretty good hangover today? Or you Do you get hangovers? I'm sure you drink enough that you probably don't. No, when I get hangovers, if I, if <laughs> I smoke pot, I'll get a hangover. Yeah. Like that. I'll, like, I mean, on top of drinking. I mean, I still, you know, you're cloudy, but it's weird, like, when you just grow accustomed to something. Like, well, this is just how life works. No, it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, about a month ago, I went on tour with this band. We were gone for a whole month, but we've been back for a month. And I got home and I quit drinking as much. And now I get the worst hangovers I've ever got when I do go out. It's fucking awful. It's a real bitch, man. You're going to get old. It's it, it's it's kind of like your diarrhea joke where it goes away. It's like, oh, yeah. now my body's like punishing me tenfold. Yeah, I would get worried if I didn't get a hangover. Like, why yeah. is my body not telling me <laughs> that I've done bad things? But, uh, no, nah, it's... it's it's all par for the course. I feel like I've earned it. I won't take aspirin or anything. <laughs> like, no, you did this to yourself. You tough it out now. Depends uh, upon yourself. I, I always make the mistake of, oh, this Red Bull's going to help me through it. And I found that Red Bull actually makes my hangover worse because I'm wired, but I'm still cloudy. I'm still like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, yeah. But I can't I sit either. still. <laughs> so. drink, drink a lot of water, guys. Just drink your <laughs> waters. Drink your juices. Like coconut water? You know? Well, yeah, whatever, whatever kind of thing works there. <laughs> Avoid your, uh, what are they, diuretics? Is that what they call it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's good to finally meet you. Um, you know my buddy Jared? who's in a band called Raise on a Reagan. You might not. You, yes. Yeah. Yes, man. We work together. Yeah, yeah. I still see Jared and his, uh, well, he's married now. Yeah, yeah. Wife. I was, I was one of his groom room. Groom room. Groom rooms? Groom rooms. Groom men's. I used to live with him when he lived here in Colorado. And, uh, oh, no shit. We almost killed each other on several, several, several occasions. Uh, we couldn't live together. Intent? Oh, really? Mm. We're just the kind of guys that just, like, fight. I don't know. There was just something about him. I wanted to punch him, and I don't know. We've we've ended up being good friends. But he's well, been good. he's been singing your praises ever since he moved out to L.A. and got that job. And yeah, was like, man, dude, my buddy Kyle's coming out to Denver. Go look at him. But he's that guy. It's just like I don't fucking want. <laughs> Shut up, Jared. You don't know what you're talking about. And then, sure enough, he's I just gr- yeah, small world, man. I still see him. <clears throat> I'm still popping at shows, or I'll like you know go get lunch with some of the guys at the old office yeah. and. Uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Well, it's all right. I mean, sorry you guys fought each other. No, I mean, uh, he when he asked me to be his groomsman, I went, why? We hated each other. I'm like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I'm going to come to the wedding. I don't have to be in it. He's like, no, we learned a lot 
through our fighting and how often we tried to like we, it never got physical it, there were things thrown across rooms but uh it was like no no but we grew up during that time and i remember becoming you're an adult up, you're for the bonded. time yeah, yeah. Bonded. we're bonded a deeper th- bond <laughs> than just somebody that's like oh it was go we never got in arguments yeah. <laughs> whatever you know yeah. that's a deeper bond you're passionate friends we're going to get arguments yeah. and still be pals through it but yeah, he, like I say, he's been singing your prayers. He's like, hey man, this guy's coming out. He's going to be in Denver. You should go see him. And I'm like, no, no. But then, uh, and then the last couple of years, uh, we've made, we have a lot of mutual friends, like yeah. cheap girls. I've, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the first, I, I tour managed a band called Drag the River. Oh yeah, um, man. I love it. Still yeah. got to see them live. They don't, they don't it's a part-time thing nowadays. Oh, place, yeah. Um in the first tour I did with Drag the River is their tour roadie tour manager, Cheap Girls of their support band. Oh shit. What so was I, that? uh 2009-2010. It was early. It was yeah. very early on. You were probably living in LA at that time, probably. <clears throat> no, I've been there since 03. Did you guys yeah. play a place called the Scene Bar in Glendale that I remember. When I first started going, I'm like, oh, I finally found a cool bar. It's not in the middle of like hipster district. Yeah. Like that's a fly that dragged the river and just played. I was like, shit, we got to see them at this place. I don't remember. I don't know if I was on that tour. I don't think that was it. I don't think we played LA. I think Chad Price played alone on that tour. Yeah. Oh, that t-shirt I gave you was screen printed by Chad Price yeah. from All. Yeah, he's a lead singer All and Drag River. So yeah, he's go. playing with All at uh, Fest. Is he doing? Fe- is he doing fun, fun, fun too? I don't know. I think his podcast is just a conversation. Let's. With questions we can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys play here? I don't know. Is he playing don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. It gets uh, better. Uh, but that does bring up an interesting. All is definitely playing the fest this year. Are you going to yeah. go this year? I like ninety five percent sure cool. I'm going. Are you going to perform this year? Oh yeah, that me. I'm going to go there and play. I, I handed over uh, organizational duties to uh, Ian Douglas Terry from Omaha. I don't know if you know that guy. No. He's a. Uh, he's a. Uh, He's a good dude. Well, I don't know because I know well, that's more comedy where they they like a little exchange yeah. program between Omaha and Denver that they all hang out at. So, but yeah, I'll go and I'm looking to be third year. I'm going down there. Cool. So looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I know that you've kind of accidentally started this genre of like punk rock comedian. I think it, you're probably I? the only one. <laughs> well, like really? in this new noise I just gave you, like it talks a lot about that. And in a lot of the interviews, it's like hey, I'm a dude that used to do punk rock, now I do comedy, and yeah. and. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's some guys that like like we're punk rock comedians. Like, I don't want that. No, I'm just. This is a scene that informed me on how to do things live. Yeah. And how to like, not get it, not get, not get your focus muddied by fame or anything. Just like, no, I found this thing, and in order to keep it pure, I'm gonna have to do a lot of DIY stuff. I'm not 100% DIY. I have managers, I have agents, I have all that stuff, but I still try to go off on my own as much. And there's a lot of guys, more and more comedians that I realize are coming from the music. In Denver alone, guys like Ben Roy and yeah. uh, Andrew Orvidal, part of the Grolics, and I think they're going to go to Fest, too. Cool. I mean, Ben's got, he's in the Spells, which play around town, they're great. Yeah. I, I know Ben through music. I don't know him well, but I booked his old, old, old band a few times. So yeah. Yeah, and he's a phenomenal comedian on top of like playing great bands. I'm like, you son of a bitch. How dare you? How dare you have both? How dare you have a, a wife and a kid and have time to be in a band and be a great comedian? I'm like, I'm trying to do one of those things <laughs> mediocrely. Well, mediocrely? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the, that, that sounds about right. 
Maybe. I don't know. I'm dyslexic as hell. I can't. I can't oh, talk okay. right. So, who knows? That's good. We're batting a thousand. Though. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I I've got my friend Britt that was here tonight, and she was like, and on Facebook all week she's been promoting Kyle Kinney. He was at best. He was at best. Oh, that's he was at right. best. And there's this kind of culture. It's like, oh, this band played fest. They're coming through town. We got to go see them. Yeah. Uh, does is does that affect you anywhere that you know of? Or nah. Uh, sometimes. I mean, sometimes there's like. I get I, it, I do feel bad. I mean, I don't know how much tickets were tonight. Sunday nights probably fifteen. Okay, fifteen is usually like I'm where I want a cabin. I don't really have the power at some comedy clubs, but others. I mean, I do try and do a lot of one-off shows here and there because it is one of those things. Like I want to be able, you know, people to be able to come in not only afford the show but buy a few drinks. I know clubs are different. Again, again the DIY thing. Yeah. Comedy clubs are a bit different. They're pricier. You know, you got to buy two drinks, this and that. But so I try and pick and choose which clubs I do. This is a great club. Yeah. The comedians here are phenomenal. All week I've been busting my ass just trying to follow the guys <laughs> that are on stage here because the city has uh, some of the best comedians working. Just it, local shows. If you just go and drop in, you're going to see some of the best comedians in Denver. So you got your money's worth, I think, here. Yeah. But uh, I don't think. I mean, I, yeah, I get the word out through. Now you know now now Twitter and Facebook everything I go on and you can easily follow people. You know, five years yeah. ago, ten what? years ago, wasn't the same thing. Yeah, and I, and I like that you're getting people that don't traditionally come out to comedy clubs at the comedy clubs. Yeah, so yeah, and that's one of the thing that I hope a lot of clubs, a lot of comedy clubs now are at least I know in LA are looking at places like UCB Theater. Yeah, it's kind of they're not, there's no music ties there, but they definitely have had the spirit. Like all their shows are like ten bucks or under. BYOB, it's always the best stuff, and it's packed out every night. Yeah. Meltdown, come the back room of a comic book store, has the best stand-up show going on on Wednesday nights. That's ten bucks to get in, and all these clubs are like, these guys are filling out rooms on Wednesdays. Like, how do we? You right. know, how do they're looking to that yeah. to that scene to figure out how to run their thing better. So that's the good that's a good changing the tides. Like, oh you know why? Because we love it and we care about it and we're gonna do this the best possible way and not just worry about money and selling drinks and stuff like yeah. that. We're gonna, like the- on, we're gonna put on such a good show that it's it's you it's it's gonna sell it because we're gonna guarantee it's gonna be the best show you're gonna see all yeah. week. And then you got places like Deer Pile here and the Grolix dudes. Yeah. They're doing yeah. all that stuff here, which is great. And everything you know, so many cities have that with comedy and that's where I think the music people are oh we're gonna go to a bar that we would go drink at anyway and see, we're not going to like some pl- I mean comedy club is this, this and like, you know, yeah. goofy name and it's they're still playing wackety sax not here <laughs> but someone's still playing wackety sax at the beginning and mm. the whole thing doesn't it, it sounds it sounds really dumb but there's no sincerity yeah. that you're like no we're gonna go see something that's a legitimate hopefully I, people consider it like a legitimate form of art and expression <laughs> I mean, that's not super pretentious about it but you're gonna go see something that still on par with music I hope and treat it with the same reverence like oh practice this yeah. for years and it's like it's personal now you know Louis C.K. it's all personal and it's like somebody telling you stories about their lives and then and it also works real well in bars <laughs> that's what you're going to do anyway is get drunk and bullshit and tell right. stories so. I, I like that this place doesn't have a fake brick wall it's real brick no this is legit <laughs> legit like old Denver Denver's down here yeah it's pretty cool um, so I noticed in a lot of the interviews you do, or at least the ones I was reading, you talk about music. Do you mind talking about your early musical days? No. This man. is mostly punk rock podcast. Anyway, you're the yeah. first. Okay. Uh, I've had a couple of comic book people on here, but you're the first like yeah. non-music. Or, hey, whatever. You're the first comedian on here. It's all, it's all melding now. Yeah. 
And that's that's what I like. And, and then we have mutual friends, and it all works. You play the fest, so yeah. it all fits in. Um, what was when was the first time you found discovered any kind of music? Not necessarily punk rock, but just went, man, this this is good. this is a good song. I like this. Let's play it again. Uh, the first song I remember. They kind of overlap, that music and comedy. Now that you ask that, I'm realizing how they overlap. Was I'd go to my neighbor's owned a pizza place that we go to that had a jukebox that would always play Shake It Up by the Cars on <laughs> yeah. as a child. At the same time, there was always like shows on, like you know, regular television on Sunday Sunday nights, like the Sunday Funnies, and there's a comedian named Bruce Baum who's a... Like a prop comic, and he played like I saw it on there. He's like played the song "Shake It Up." He's like, I liked it better when it was called the Monster Mash, and played the Monster Mash on a different <laughs> stereo, and how it was the same song. And I was like, It is the same song. This guy's a la-. now I'm laughing at a song that I really like, and this guy made comedy out of it. And I think so. Both those worlds kind of developed at the same time, and comedy got stunted, and music just took over everything. When, uh, yeah, just I mean. Chicago had a lot of good radio stations that like weird you know WVVX was a weird metal station that only started after like Polish Catholic radio at 8pm who would come on and like oh hearing all these psycho death metal bands when you're 11 what is, what is this sound I don't know if I like it but what is this sound and uh that yeah that's just, just undiscovered bad like okay there's, and then hearing hearing stuff in movies Hearing Plastic Bertrand in uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation was one of the first times. I remember that specifically, and Wild in the Streets from Thrashing. Yeah. And uh, from, you know, Serial Jerks, and just being like, what, where's that, what's that music? What's that music? I want music to sound like that. Music should all sound like that. And I had no idea where to get that yeah. from. Well, I was going to ask, I've noticed, like, I, I was uh, trolling your Facebook I was like, who does he follow on, not Facebook, uh, Instagram. I yeah. was drunk last night. I'm like, oh, man, he yeah, follows yeah. all these BMX dudes. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an old BMX dude. <laughs> oh, really? I don't know. I was never good because, I mean, obviously. No, I'm, no I'm never good at all. But I, I, going back, again, the individuality of skateboarding yeah. and BMX of, like, anything in school where it's just, like, if, it, if I don't catch the ball, somebody's going to call me a frag. <laughs> Competition I never understood. No, All I right. still don't. You got to get past these guys with a ball. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're gonna try and stop you. Well, why? Why? Well, they don't want you to do that. I'm like, well, then I don't want to. <laughs> they don't want they to have the ball. I don't. I don't care. Then, then fine. I won't put the ball over there. Like I don't like it, it's just, it's completely lost on me. I just don't care. But like skateboarding, I'm like, oh, I'm by myself. I'm only competing. Of like, can I do this thing? Yeah. Can I prove myself? I can do this thing. Which then went into music like can I start a band it's not a it's not versus anybody it's can I get people together and play music and make a song that maybe somebody who's not a friend will out of there will go hey that was a good song and they're <laughs> like oh that's a com- comedy it's not you know it's, it's individual can I go can I do this one thing by myself so the, yeah the BMX thing still I still have a bunch of bicycles and try and go do shit I've got an 86 GT pro performer I bought for 50 nice. bucks I was 14 years old. My dad bought it for me. It was 50 bucks. Bright pink. Oh, yeah, man. And I still got it. I still ride it. It's shit. 
You got mags? I destroyed him. I, I did a jump. The, I, it took me 30 minutes to get the courage to do this jump of these stairs, and luckily we have the photo of it. This is 15 years ago or whatever? Uh, uh, let's see. I'm 32. I was 16 when I broke the wheels, so okay. yeah, about that. And I, there's a photo of me midair, and then when I landed, boom, broke both both sets of mags. That's a quality jump. It was skyways? Yeah, there was... Tough wheel twos? Yeah. You're not supposed to be able to break those. I broke... But the, but at the time I did, they were already 10 years old. So. That's true. I guess that's so, true. Yeah. But then I, and I bought a pair of chrome, you know, 48-spoke, chromio, oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, man. There's and some, I still got some Paragrind sealed hubs. Yeah. Oh, they were sealed Riot, hubs. Riot rims. From yeah, uh, Dan's Competition. Dan's Comp? I yeah. bought my bike two years ago from Dan's really? Comp. Really? Yeah. See, I, I'm so out of that uh, that I have no idea that that's even a company anymore. I, yeah, I dip into it. I got it's funny. I got my BMX bike. I ordered. It, I was treat myself. I'm working hard, and I want I want something that I can like hop up curves and yeah. stuff. I mean, I have, I have one road bike. But I was like, no, nah, I want to be able to bunny hop and do shit. And I got a BMX bike, and it showed up the the day I I got home from uh, spending the night in jail for having a, for having a DUI. The universe just works so magically. Of like, now you don't have a license. Here's your BMX bike. Like, oh. Uh, this is not ironic now. It's a real mode of transportation for me. <laughs> do you ever go to Oklahoma City? Uh, yeah, I've been there, yeah. Yeah, Matt Hoffman, apparently. Like, Do you know the Red City Radio guys? They're a punk band from there? I know them, and I, of course, know Matt Hoffman. Okay, cool. They... That's, that's what I was going to ask. Every time I see the Red City Radio guys, I'm like, tell me stories about Matt Hoffman. Like, dude, he comes into the bar all the time and just hangs out. He's a cool, weird, brain-damaged dude. He does seem like, yeah, he's, he's hit his head a lot. <laughs> Uh, there's a know. fantastic documentary on Netflix. Uh, Thirty for Thirty. You've seen it. Of there you go. Of course, man. Then I don't say no more. That, that and, and knowing the age, of, like knowing that, like he's maybe two years older than me, and I remember seeing like a Haro video yeah. of just seeing him like bunny hopping a motorcycle in the street, and just, this guy, he, he, yeah, he won. He was an amateur and won, and then turned pro at that contest, and then won the pro contest. But now everything's broken in him. There was old school guys. There was old school guys that uh. At a skate park in Chicago, I'd go to Bob Cole, who was this old vert rider, and you'd see him there. And like, he'd still ride vert, but you'd see him walk, and he just just lumbered. It's like, oh, God. And I wonder, like, that's the same thing comedians and musicians do, just to their insides instead of their outsides. I had a bike wreck a couple of weeks, uh, about a month ago, and I'm still oh, yeah? like, fucked up. Road bike? What'd you do? It was riding my bike, a car pulled out in front of me. Ugh. I had a few to drink, and I'm like watching this car, and I'm like, they see me, they see me, they see yeah. me. They pull out in front of me. It's dark. It's night. And I've been drinking. And mm-hmm. then I go to swerve. And just the way I swerved, I flew over the handlebars. But enough. Enough about me. I do. And I, I crashed last week. I, I do mountain biking now. So that's yeah. my... At least I fall on dirt instead of the street. But that went over the bars earlier last week. God. Hey, I, still, got, do, still get back up, though. You're still walking. Uh, well, my front teeth are off. I mean, you can, as you can see, they're all yeah. fucked up. All from bike wrecks. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that's one of the reasons I got off the BMX and started road biking, because it's healthier. It's harder to go over the bars but on the road bike. But, but there are more cars in the way on the road bikes. That's why, like, BMX bike, I'll, I'll, I'll hop up on the sidewalk late at night when yeah. nobody's around and just, you know, just put the headphones in and cruise easy. Yeah. Um, so, I grew up in middle of nowhere, Shreveport, Louisiana. I got into the music through, like... You know like, Jared through Shreveport? Yeah, that's that's where we grew up. And then for Denver. Oh, yeah. okay. And then we moved to Colorado Springs together. Oh. And then they went to L.A. to make to take their band to make it make it or break it, and yeah. then things fell apart. 
and then the band, you know, fell apart. But uh, I, I ended up here and was like, oh, I don't want to want to go to L.A. L.A. sucks, you know. Yeah. And uh, there was a girl. Of course, there's always a girl. Sure. So I stayed here, and I still can't get out. But luckily, I'm almost... Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> People listening are <laughs> like, ask, You still got the missus? The girl's still here? No, 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 no. Open no, no, up, no. man. This is your podcast. She disappeared. No, I talk enough about myself. <laughs> um, so, but, but I'm curious, like, uh, what drove you... You picked up uh, guitar. You saw the Smoking Popes play. You went, I want a SG, right? Uh, I did listen to that, right? Somewhere? No, no, uh, what happened was I bought a guitar, I think it was in maybe 7th or 8th grade, and I was only new, like, it was like Joe Satriani. I'm like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be Steve Vai and got a guitar, and instantly I'm like, oh, there's not, not even the slightest hint of natural ability. <laughs> And didn't like, and, but when all you know is like hair metal and wild finger tapping solos, how are you supposed to like even start to learn that? I was instantly defeated. And so I just had a guitar that I tried to play Tesla songs on. And then started going to see shows when I was 16. And there was the Smoking Popes. And at that point, they were both playing Telecasters. It's so, uh, uh, Matt and. Uh, Eli and Josh were both yeah. playing Telecasters and uh, and they just fucking jammed like they did guitar solos like punk bands weren't doing guitar solos and they would both fucking just lay out these insane like you know the Telecaster the thick Telecaster guitar solos I was like I want, I'm getting a Telecaster and I bought one when I was oh 17 maybe still has playing it last week still have <laughs> man things a fucking battle axe <clears throat> I did buy an SG a couple of years ago just because I wanted a Gibson I got the cheapo one I don't, I don't play guitar I'm, yeah. I'm a half-ass bass player so in my head it's all the same fucking but yeah. now, now that I think about it Telecaster and SD are very different but uh, what, what drove you to actually like want to perform something in front of people just period because it well it's, I mean just there's still driving I guess it's not competition or anything but that right. drive to like do something you know, just like I've got to do something. You know, it's like the art kid. You know, drawing yeah. and stuff. Like I've got. I Sports wasn't my outlet, and I, you know, you got to have some. Especially when you're a kid, I'm, video yeah. games. I wasn't in video games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, me neither. You know, and I was like, what's? When I started playing music, and like that came together, and then especially going to see bands, and I was like, I can do that. I can see what they're playing. I can play what they're playing. That's, that's what I want to do I just want to know that I can do it and so I was like, well, like I think I can do this I want to know I can do it and got guys together and did it and uh, so it's like oh awesome I, I, I did I can do that and then comedy was one of those things I would see it on TV like I think I can do this yeah. didn't know how to try it at least bands <laughs> I'd go see bands and then you meet people at the shows you play Excuse music me. cool let's get together let's find a practice space let's write I mean but I know how to start stand up and then met a guy in college who told me where open mics were I was like oh okay and went and watched for a while just their music I was like oh I think I can do this yeah well I know some people have an inherent need to just perform I don't know if that's in you or not or if it's just to do something I don't know if it's the performance aspect as much as it's like the I've gotta yeah can I put something of value in the world right I I can't just I can't just take I mean it's still granted it's not it's still like a very arrogant thing to say it's like well if you worry about taking go you know join the Peace Corps (laughs) or something you know uh, you know, Habitat for Humanity. But it's like, no, I want to know, can I make something that's of, of uh, you know, of 
not value, but right, right. I mean, the attention thing's nice, you know. Yeah. Especially when you're a fucking nerd kid. Yeah. Nobody pays attention to you to try and come up with something. So. Well, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I except I can't really play music. It was just like, how do I get close and become a part of that? Oh, well, interview yeah. bands. I've been interviewing bands off and on since 16, just to because I have that need, that same need to make but something. But that's where that whole scene was great. Like it was kind of a, a, a an element for everybody. Like you play music, you can't play. You know, like I forget. I don't know if I read it or was talking with somebody about it. It may have been shit. It may have been Mitch Clem. Yeah, sounds about right. I think it was. I think it was him. He's been doing. He's doing, been doing his like his like top pop punk albums because right. it was that big uh, Buzzfeed rigmarole about the Buzzfeed thing. And I think it was him just talking about like there's there was some place for everybody. Like maybe you're not a musician, but you're good at like business. Like you do a record label or something, or you could start a zine, or you could do you, know, you could do all these different things that. There was, there's something for everybody there. If you wanted to participate, yeah. there's something for everybody. It was it was like this great fucking you know saying put on shows or do something. That's why I just wanted to do the make music part because that's the coolest. Yeah. And then now now you're making the comedy. How, it, it, you tell stories. Have you always told stories? Where you did you write short stories in school or anything? Yeah, I wrote. Well, I went to school for writing. Oh well, yeah. College, no, yeah, college school. Yeah, college school. My third college school, I tried that finally. It's why I did. I went to Columbia in Chicago, not the smart one. Yeah, and they uh, they made, they they're like we're gonna do an interview for the magazine, for like their alumni magazine. And I did not participate in anything at that school. I'm like, so we have you down as undeclared? Like they gave me a bachelor's degree in nothing because I just I had been to two colleges already and I had enough credits. They're like, you're getting a bachelor's degree I'm like I don't want one I want to stay here I'm like no you're done that's why I moved to California I was like oh I guess I guess I'll leave Chicago now I'm not once, once, you, once you finish school you gotta get a regular job I'm like I don't want to get a regular job so I'm gonna move to California and tell jokes um, Mark Marin, like I'm gonna shift gears a little bit Mark Marin called you a young comic old crank which I like I like that I wonder, first off, thanks for calling me young at 36, but also, I don't, think, I don't think I'm entirely cranky. I think I was. And then I think things went well, and I'm not going to be fake pissed. Yeah. You know? Well, what I like about what you get up there and do, it's very, for whatever reason, I feel very comfortable watching you. I'm like, oh, hey. It's a, it's a guy like me. I mean, I I, I know I you. that's it. I hope yeah. that's just like, ah. <laughs> Even if you're yeah. not laughing, you're not right. feeling like, this sucks. Because <laughs> no, no. I'm definitely the guy that's ordered the pizza. I haven't gotten the uncut pizza, but I've definitely sat there and eaten an entire large pizza by myself. Yeah. And then I hear you talking about it, I'm like, yeah, this guy knows where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. That's why I did not realize. I think that was the, the touch of like, oh, man, I'm going to, all right, let's get a little personal up here. <laughs> then the more personal, the more people really go like, that was... Like I laugh, but also I get it. Like, and, that, yeah. and that's just a different level of comedy. That's a difference. I guess maybe that's a difference between listening to a chicks digging song and a jawbreaker right. song. Right. Like chicks digging, I love and it's fun. And I was thinking about like you know brunette summer or something. But then <laughs> you know put on twenty four hour revenge therapy and just go. I understand this so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're fucking wringing your heart out over the whole thing. Like, oh, okay, maybe that's. Maybe that's the you know the wave of comedy that's happening right now is not only people laughing at it but going, I totally get it. I think that's had to be there the whole time though. I think you have to. I don't know. I the stuff I like I get. I'm like oh, I get it. 
there. Well, you can relate to. Well, now it's people you know in their twenties and thirties that, you know, when I started like watching comedy on TV and stuff, that's why I didn't give like it's people talking about being married with kids and like oh my wife I'm like I don't know this one. But if a guy made a weird joke about death metal <laughs> or something, nobody would get it. And now it's you know now that it's shifted where if somebody you see a you know, a slovenly bearded white dude of my wife, and it's a crowd going like, shit, he's mad. I don't know what it's that, what's that like? <laughs> that's a strange thing. I mean, you can sit there and talk about being, you know, fucking farty and lonely now, and that's that's the, uh, yeah. my wife and kids material <laughs> in this day and age. That's why I'm like trying to not be so depressing and be like, no, it's a good thing. Sometimes life's fun. Yeah. And you celebrate it, even though it doesn't seem like you should celebrate it. Well, like, I, I like the, I like how hard you are on yourself. The Seth, I call it self-defecating humor because you're shitting on yourself. I know that's not right, yeah. but but that's what I call it. I see it. what you did. Yeah, and, I like uh, play. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And I like the, like, the, like, listen to Uncle Barbecue tell the dum-dum stories. And I'm yeah. like, but what do you think of yourself? Or do, are, do you, are you like, oh, man, I'm just this fat fucking slob? Or, it's like, or is that a character you inhabit it's when not, you're on that stage? No, it's not hatred. It's like, I'm, everything's silly to me. Yeah. If I do something, I'm not, dep- I'm not going to fake like I'm depressed but I'm gonna go routinely at least once a day just do something and go like, seriously <laughs> did you do that did you do that like if like I mean that's why I said in the old but like I'm lucky I'm a comedian so that the, otherwise it would just be this series of undocumented low points <laughs> but that, that was that comedian if I do something like oh that'd be sad if you didn't have a way to express it but if I can express it then alright okay that was something stupid write it down <laughs> I'm trying not to do I don't want to f- on purpose do things just for story's sake you know I'm not trying to be a gonzo journalist there's enough of those guys but that's yeah. you know I don't have you know I don't have wife kids I right. go out and I drink and I just try to have a good time <laughs> or I sit at home and do silly stuff and you know you try and keep yourself entertained I think everybody has the potential everybody's doing this there's nothing unique right, about me right. there's nothing exceptional no, about no. what I'm doing other than I figured out how to put it into a story that makes people everybody everybody sits back and well, at least should be able to do something <laughs> stupid and laugh at themselves instead of being so defeated like I suck like no you don't you're actually the same human being that everybody else is except you're self aware <laughs> you're aware that you did something stupid and then you feel bad about it and that makes you inherently a better person than the people that aren't self aware that they're being assholes so if you're an asshole and you realize it, you're not an asshole. So what makes you so self-aware? Is it just doing this well, now, for 10 years? Now from comedy, now yeah. it's like, oh, does that? Oh, shit, write it down. I don't want writing. <laughs> I don't want to do stuff with the intent of writing it down for comedy. Yeah. But I don't. An utter lack of common sense <laughs> and uh, just an inherent curiosity of the world that I hope I don't lose. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what I like is like when you get up on stage or even the Comedy Central special uh, or album Whiskey Icarus, mm-hmm. it feels authentic and real and it's like how do you get yourself into these adventures well i mean like like the, i did a new joke tonight about ghost hunting and i wasn't yeah. trying to do that for materials my sister's is the same spirit like let's go on an adventure go do stuff that like just do something out of the ordinary and it, it's gonna open your mind you're gonna be a, yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna grow as a person because of it for me, if something ridiculous happens and I can talk about it on stage, that's an added benefit. I don't want to do stuff just for the, the pimping factor of making a comedy. I want to do something because I hope it makes me grow as a person and makes me more open-minded because I've experienced more things. That's the priority, first and foremost. I 
do get to do that yeah. because I don't have a wife and I don't have a kid. And as a comedian, I get to venture off and do ridiculous shit, you know, instead of going to a day job. And I'm appreciative about that. But I've, you know, there's vacations or something I'll go on. Push notification. Uh, <laughs> my Simpsons tapped out is uh, ready to go. What's that? Uh, SimCity Simpsons. Okay. On your phone? Sorry, it's Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah. I knew it was Homer Simpson. Yeah. It's SimCity. It's a, it's like a SimCity esque game for your phone about the Simpsons. Oh, sorry to interrupt there. That's I thought right. I had it turned on silent. That's all right. Um. Yeah. So. Ten years you've been doing stand-up comedy. Ten plus, maybe? Fourteen. Fourteen? Oh. Holy 14 shit. Fourteen last month, yeah. Ninety-nine, summer so, ninety-nine. Fourteen years, overnight success. Yeah, you know, really just jumped, right. came on so quick. <laughs> um, is Does it get... Like, I, I, I try to put myself in this situation. I'm like, if things were starting to take off, you've had... You've been on TV several times, mm. got your own special. Is it nerve-wracking that it's taking off? That now you go into a bar, people are like, oh, hey, that's that guy. That's the Uncle Barbecue. No, the nerve-wracking part is that it actually worked. <laughs> and now I've maintained there's a freedom when you don't have to rely on it, when it's pure passion that yeah. keeps you going. There's a frustration of going, oh, I can't believe I have no money. And I got to, you know, I'm good. You know, it's the band thing that, yeah. you know, I got to just bust my ass at a job to make enough money to break even on the road. But there's also a freedom. Like, it doesn't matter how the show goes. I'm going to put it, I'm going to go ape shit. I don't care if you bring me back. I'm going to play the best show. And now that it's my job, there's like, oh, fuck, what if this goes away? What if I go backwards? What if I go, what if I fuck this up and have to go back to a day job? And there's this weird, like, do I, do I play it safe? It's not what got me here. What got right. me here was like I had a couple opportunities that I blew. So I was like, fuck, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to talk about the most weirdest shit. Not, not weird. There's not weird in here. Inherently weird, but it's like just depressing shit that's bummed me out that somehow resonated. But it, now it's like, oh, fuck. I'm not, I'm not broke with a shitty day job anymore. So I'm not going to fake, you know, I'm not going to Larry the Cable Guy that shit. Right. Um so that's strange but there was one story I remember you telling and it goes back to the music thing but I think it's all tied in you talked about skipping prom to go see a show oh yeah and, and I've definitely been the guy like and I I I've definitely I was I remember being on a date with like a dream girl she wasn't we went to go see a show a concert and this was just recent and she was like I'm not interested so yeah I'm gonna go watch my fucking favorite band oh yeah I've got my priorities yeah Yeah. so but at the same time it's like it's because this kind of world that I'm I've become in I'm hooked I couldn't get rid of it could you I know you don't see yourself but could if it ended up tomorrow what would you do um could you go back to this shitty warehouse workload job well I always think like what yeah what if there's a career change what you know what do you go back to school for what do you do I'm like maybe I'll just. Like I always wanted to be like a park ranger. I didn't. All, I can't say always. No, since I moved to California, and started going to like national parks and going camping, I was like, oh man, I could do. I could do this. And the sad that with my my ghost hunting trip, also we went to Mammoth Caves in Kentucky. They were tired of the tour guys. Like no, nope, they're closing them all. There's no funding. I'm like, all right, my fallback career that I have no skills for is uh, out of the question. Um. You know what? I bet you I, I probably could. 
I'm probably I'm not taking anything for granted right now. I'm, I'm so grateful that I did, I'm at this point, <laughs> and if it goes back to it, I don't. I'm not spoiling myself, and I'm trying to save money, and I'm trying to, you know, just have some humility about it. And it wasn't all bad. The, the job that I quit that I worked with your with Jared at was a uh, this closed captioning place, and that like a there was cool. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta have a fucking job, man. That's yeah. most of the world is you gotta get up, you gotta do something you don't like. And so either you can just accept it and figure out how to meet people there that you like. And then at the end of the day, if you hate that job so much, <laughs> at the end of the day, it, you, you, you either have somebody you love or a family, and maybe you go back to it. And that squashes anything that happened for eight or ten hours that day, that makes it okay. Or you've got some kind of hobby or something you throw yourself into. You're like, that sucks so much. I'm going to take all that rage and I'm just going to translate it into creativity or productivity about something. Maybe it could be your fucking garden, whatever it is. It's <laughs> yeah. something that you look at and you're like, this makes me happy. And, you know, but some people do it. And then some people just, you know, they drink or they, they get stoned or something. And they just, they, they deaden it, which is what I did for a better part of my 20s was just get stoned. I'm not criticizing that. My problem, right. I'm not productive when I'm stoned. So I just look back and I'm like, you know, all of a sudden, five years went by, and I was like, "Whoa, nothing happened in five years." I'm still playing four-player Goldeneye with my friends, who some of them are now graduating college. Why can't you hang out? Oh, it's because you have a career now and you move forward. So that didn't work for me, but uh, I'd figure it out. You yeah, know? And still, that's how that's how this got started. I wasn't gonna be, I wasn't supposed to make it as a comedian. I was supposed to just go out and yeah. find something that I liked. After my right. shitty day job that I would do. Well, I, I, I watched the Going Nowhere pilot last night, and I like that it's it's. I loved it. It was great. It was fantastic, especially you and the little speedo Thanks, leather man. speedo thing. Yeah, it got real uh, weird. Made me feel a little weird too. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, that, um, that was the point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it get real um, strange. But watching it, you don't seem to. You seem to be loving every second of it. You don't seem to be the kind of person that's like, I want to be a star. It's like, look what they're letting me fucking do. It was awesome. Isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, and the whole thing too was like I don't want. There's enough reality shows that are programmed or are making fun of people. Like I'm not. No. There's some people are down. You know. There's people that just get dressed up like leather daddies, and that's their thing. <laughs> and you know what? If I can be the 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 introduction for for the regular folk, like look, this is a regular guy. Sometimes he wears a leather speedo and goes out to a nightclub. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, if I can be the, the liaison for that kind of stuff, then fucking cool, man. That's what that's what I wanted it to be, and it didn't didn't work. But that's all right, man. I'm again happy for the opportunity. Yeah. Who knows? Something else will come along, maybe better, probably better. I'm just I'm hanging. Listen, yeah. I still write jokes and tell jokes. That's what got me all these opportunities. If they go away, I still write jokes and tell jokes. So that's it. Cool. Well, that that's a good ending point. Uh, let's. You'll be back in the Denver area for the High Plains Comedy High Fest. High Plains, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Reggie Watts, Ben Roy, well, all the Grawlicks dudes. All the Grawlicks dudes. Adam Cain, yeah, Holland, they're, they're and those guys. It. Reggie Watts, I think uh, Spronger coming out. It's going to be killer. Yeah, it's going to be real, real fun. You like being in Denver, huh? Yeah, you guys got you guys got a pretty good city right here. I like it. I like Good it. I, I sadly live in Colorado Springs, which is like an hour south, but I'm working on getting up here. Oh, that sounds like a drag. But it's a beautiful city. Is it? It's just mm-hmm. conservative. I don't know. It's not my... Not where I'm supposed to be. A little bit country. Yeah. So uh, what do you have going on in, in the meantime? Uh, I'm going to go to Sacramento and Montreal next week. And then uh, 
something else in between there. <laughs> Seattle, then back out here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I get about a, I get about a grand total of maybe twelve days in my apartment nice. a month. Do you have any uh, other pilots, TV shows in the work, anything like that? Anything people should look out for? Uh, nothing. I got to participate in the Growlix pilot, yeah. which you know they're still working things out with Amazon, which is it's an awesome pilot that, that was, everybody should see. And that was my favorite of them all. Like even the John was, Goodman one it was, was a good, lot but it was better. Favorite yeah. of them all, and I think it was just they had to go with something with star power, but they still got something going over there. Cool with those guys. And I'm trying to get them on here. Hopefully, hopefully I can be like, yo, I talked to Kyle. I'll, I'll give a good review. I'll give two thumbs up. All right. Well, cool. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there, Mr. Kinney? No, nah, I got nothing. Me neither. All right. All right, let's get out of here. Cheers. Cheers. Well, all right, buddies. Well, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking out this week's episode. And a super special thank you to Mr. Kyle Kinney for uh, hanging out and talking with me. I know we were pretty tired after a long uh fantastic weekend in denver you told he had told me a little bit that he had he had partied pretty hard the night before um but you know he he still sat down and talked to me for a good what 45 minutes man thank you thank you so much kyle i could have kept talking to this guy for hours and hours and hours we just clicked we we hit it off really well and of course we would have we're both uh chubby dudes with beards who like to eat entire large pizzas um, so hopefully we will get Kyle Canane back on the show eventually in the future. But coming up, if you're a Colorado person and uh, you missed Kyle and his other appearances here in Denver, hey, check out the High Plains Comedy Festival coming back to Denver or coming to Denver for the very first time, August 23rd through 24th, brought to you by Illegal Pete's. It's going to have Reggie Watts, you know, Kyle Canane, of course, Kurt Bronhor, Sean Patton, Nikki Glazier, and, of course, the guys from the Grolics, Adam Caton Holland, Ben Roy, and Andrew Orvidal. It's going to be a fantastic time. It's going to be a fantastic festival, and I guarantee it's going to sell out. So go to highplanescomedyfestival.com and pick up your tickets now. And then, you know, in 10 years, when this is one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world, you'll be able to go like, hey, I was there first. You know? You know? Uh, I'd like to, again, like, I, I know we rambled on and on about it at the top of the hour, but, again, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my good buddies Tommy Welch and Catherine Welch, they are dearly departed, but they still I still think about them often. Uh, and also to my dearly departed baby sister, Brittany, who her birthday would be in about uh, eight days from now. July 29th is her birthday. Sad to see those guys go, but because of their deaths, I we're doing the show. We're getting up there. We're getting out there. We're going on tour with bands, and we're doing things. So friends, life's too short. Get up. Get out there. Make things happen now. Don't keep... Don't wait on tomorrow because tomorrow might not be there for yourself or for anyone else. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. Um, again, thanks to Jared Moore for being a uh, wonderful, supportive friend over the years, even though you should not have been. And thanks to Chris Welch for being a goofy-ass fucking Beavis-looking dude. Um, so anyway, uh, if you haven't ever listened to Mostly Harmless Podcast before, please go check out MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com or go to the shortcut link MHPOD.com. Uh, check it out. Like us on Facebook. Visit us on iTunes. Please subscribe. Uh, leave us a little rating or review. I'm addicted to checking my website stats. Every little click counts. Um, I'm completely broke, and I'm in the middle of moving. I'm about to get kicked out of my apartment. We're moving to Denver, moving this whole you know uh, DIY operation up up the up the I-25 corridor. Uh, so I've got some Most Harmless Podcast T-shirts up there. If you like what I'm what we're doing, please support um it all goes to helping me move and helping me eat and helping me drink and helping me to keep the show on the floor on the floor on the road uh so thank you for listening thank you for checking in we're gonna go ahead and end this podcast with another clip of whiskey icarus 
and Mr. Kyle Kinane. Uh, you can find Whiskey Icarus on iTunes and Spotify. You can, um, I'm not sure if we can find the video. I'm sure I don't have cable, but I'm sure if you go to Comedy Central's on demand, you can find it there. Um, apparently, I just read some little clip, and it might be available for purchase online soon, too, as well. Awesome. Great. Uh, Whiskey Icarus is one of the best stand-up comedy specials I've listened to in a long time. I don't listen to things over and over a lot um, of this nature, but I've listened to this over and over and over again, and I can't wait to hang out and see Kyle again. Uh, again, uh, it, it, let's set up this clip a little. Well, you know what? I'm not going to set up this clip at all, other than that it is my favorite clip off this this album and show, and it's about... Um, an interesting version of airline food. So, all right, friends, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the funny pages. I'm trying to be more tolerant. You know, I'm trying. There's too many. Everybody's got their own thing going on. It's a, it's a waste of time to not be open-minded and learn these things. I'm trying to be tolerant, but it's it's difficult. That tolerance is tested routinely. I was on a flight going from Denver to Chicago, and halfway through my flight, midair. 35,000 feet, guy sitting next to me starts eating pancakes out of a bag. Not like a Ziploc bag with like a little seal and like a, hey, I meant to do this vibe. Like a bag from the store. Not a store that sold pancakes. See, I'm saying like a Foot Locker bag. You get me? They're just loose. They're just loose in there. Like bingo balls, just loose. And there's nothing wrong with what he was doing, morally speaking. But you gotta realize that if you do some wackadoo sh- like eat pancakes out of a shoe store bag on an airplane, you're forcing strangers around you into a world of questions they never anticipated they would ever have to ask. First off, how did you get to this point in your life? Where are you going? How do you wind up? If you're on an airplane, you're on there with purpose. You're fighting gravity to travel through the sky to land on another part of the Earth's crust. Nobody's nobody's like waking up casually like Amelia Earhart. Like, I think I'll take to the skies today. You have purpose. You have reason to fight nature, to go somewhere else. How do you have that purpose in your life, but still do it with hastily packed hobo snacks in your midst? That's not how you catch a plane. You're not like, is this one going southbound? (laughs) Usually get into an airport. That's your number one priority in the day. I don't care what happens. I'm going to get to that airport. I'll lose a hand. I'll fix it when I get there. Just get me to the airport. This guy was number four or five on his list. This guy was like, I know I got a flight, but it is Tuesday. And you know what happens on Tuesday? Silver dollar flappies. That's what happens. Tuesday, silver dollar flapjack day. A lot of people say, hey, how come you make the silver dollar ones? I make them that way. I don't make them full size. I make them smaller because I can eat more of them. And I get more of a sense of accomplishment. And so I like to do that. And that's a lot of batter over there. But I'll freeze it off. I don't have to eat them all. But I'll make them all. And I'll freeze them in Ziploc bags. And when I need them, I'll just have them ready. What time is it? Oh, shit, I got to go. What's around? Well, I did buy some new shoes the other day. Foot locker bag. Shovel. Shovel. Not Bindle. Boxcar. Airport. Woo. Made it. Through an x-ray machine. His stuff went through. Pancakes got x-rayed that day. 
A TSA agent, somebody with a badge and responsibility, if they were fulfilling even a fiber of their requirements of keeping the skies safe, somebody had to at least just like mumble someone, um, sir, I'm so, um, is this a bag of pancakes? It, it is. Oh, okay. yeah. Pancakes, yeah. Well, I've never dealt with it before either. I'm going to say go ahead. I don't know. I don't know. We might get an earful for this, but right now, bon voyage. That's what I'm going to say. And when you eat pancakes out of a bag in a semi-public place, there are rules. First off, let people know what you're getting into. Make a little announcement. Hey, everybody, I got a bag of pancakes over here. Don't get freaked out. <laughs> Offer them around. Don't, you don't have to go front and back, just same road. Don't worry, nobody's taking any. It's just a gesture. See, they are, in fact, pancakes. Would you care for some? No? I understand. <laughs> then when you go to eat them with your hands... Because my man did not have a fork and knife on his person. You eat them one at a time. Driver's Ed style, 10 and 2. You take a little nibble out of 12, and you hold in your lap till you're ready for another bite. You follow those rules, go crazy. Hell, I like your style. Way to usurp inflated airport pricing. No, I got my own. Good move. This guy. He starts off, he's just rustling around under there. He's just rustling. You can't rustle on an airplane this day. It's suspicious. He's rustling. He's kicking up odors. Now we got people, is that breakfast? I smell breakfast. You're not supposed to smell food on a domestic flight. All it takes is one paranoid weirdo will be like, I think hydraulic fluid smells like breakfast. We're going down. Now we're all in a panic because you don't know what hydraulic fluid smells like. Gets the bag out, rips it open with a confidence like, yeah, I'm eating all these bitches. <laughs> rips it open, starts rooting around in there, doing this cotton candy thing. Rooting around. But he's not looking in the bag. He's looking up and off into the distance with this look of glazed determination on his face. The kind of look you only see on the faces of people that are neck deep in swamp water because they're going to catch a catfish with their bare hands. You know, just like... Come on, get him! Pulls his hand out. He's got two or three just in a grip, in a fist. He's not going discreet under the chin. He's not going like, hey, I'm sorry for this, under the chin. He's going over the top, just like 93 Jordan layup style, just, ha! <laughs> Dropping him in, then looking around with an attitude after each bite. Like, snack time, mother <laughs> Boom! Jealous much? Are you shitting me? I'm a Delta Gold member. I got to sit next to this. <laughs> No syrup, you go straight to hell. 
Because I don't know where you get syrup in a situation like this. Probably another bag, seeing as how this dude operates. But even then, unwritten rules of decent society state, you open up that bag of syrup, you pour it into your original bag of pancakes, and you tie it off nice and tight and shake it around for even coverage. Because you might be making a bit of a mess, but at least people are like, well, he's not going to eat him dry like a psychopath.